I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I don't have a story. I'm just a girl in a bar. And my name is Colin Drucker, and don't shame my shiva sandwich. <laughs> Ooh, good, good, good. I almost went with the girl in the bar, though, one, so... It seemed very Colin like actually I, I was scared. Yeah, no, that I, actually that's I think what I was going to go with and then I forgot. But uh you know. I'm glad we uh, we've never had that problem, but I feel like you you plan ahead. You might have like a couple up your sleeve. You know, it's like snatch game. You got to come with a couple options, you know what there I mean? We you go. don't know who yes. else is going to want to be Ariana Grande, you know what I mean? I know. Can someone please do like Sandra O oh and Snatch Game uh, as Christina Yang? Be great. Oh, uh, somebody sedate me. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, folks, we are back this week to continue just talking about the BSAs of the early days of Grey's Anatomy. Mm. I'm so excited for this episode. This is, it's a good one. It's like right in the heart of like where Grey's is. It, it feels like home. Yeah, this is such a sweet spot. So today we are doing season three, episode one. Uh, titled Time Has Come Today. And this is, I, I looked it up, season three was the season that Katherine Heigl won her Emmy for. Okay. And I actually think it could even be for this episode. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. She's great. I mean, she is great. She's really good. Shame. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously she spends, um, well, maybe not obvious to everybody listening, obvious to me because I watched the episode twice. Uh, <laughs> she spends most of the episode on the bathroom floor in a prom dress, but like... Who has exactly, you know? you know, cast the first stone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, well, what do you say we just get right into it? You know, I love. Why this. don't we just yes. dive in? Because there's there's a lot to talk about. I actually, the, my, what I'll say from the start, and what I really am excited about with this episode is, in terms of the BSA lens, in terms of like best supporting actress kind of performances, I think this is a great example of the of of a BSA heavy episode. Not only because I think this is the episode that Katherine Heigl, you know, was probably was, you know, considered for to get her you know, Emmy win. But I think all of the kind of supporting female characters around Meredith get a moment this episode. And and I really love that. I wholeheartedly agree. It was just it was like a sampler platter. Yeah. Of, you know, bacon wrapped shrimp, the best kind of appetizer. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Bacon wrapped shrimp, bacon wrapped dates. Ooh, I love a bacon wrap date. Same, same. Now, okay, here's the question. Uh, I don't know what the right answer is, but what goes in the middle of the date for you? Um, I like a goat cheese or something. Like something, like, I don't think you need like a mozzarella in there. Mm. Is that that what you're asking? Yes, yes. uh, Like goat cheese is also the right answer. I didn't want to like 
in case you were like, well, I like a nice mozzarella in there, but you said yeah, the right like answer. An almond. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get the nut out of there. Put the cheese then, in. I will say, when we were in Canada over the weekend, we I uh, why, we bought olives, and they had an almond in one of the olives, and it was very deceiving mm. because it just felt like a really soft pit. Right. And it took us a couple to like figure it out, and then we finally figured it out. But some of them didn't have almonds some of them actually had pits and uh you know first world problems yeah. over here but i don't like that game me. <laughs> yeah yeah I don't, yeah yeah that's like people who put skittles and m&ms in the same bowl and say like, go nuts heathens yeah yes my teeth just don't know what to do oh god uh, right like I, I it's two totally different ways to chew yeah skittles are too tough i don't like yeah it. peanut peanut butter m&ms no, top of the top of the absolutely. Game. You know what? And and I don't think people talk about this enough, but the relationship between a peanut butter M M&M and M and a Reese's Pieces, they're different, but they're. I think that people don't put them together enough. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm firmly on the side of peanut butter M and M's. There is something about a Reese's Pieces that that are fine. I don't think I rarely buy them though. Same. I no. A peanut butter M and M is far superior. I think it's a Barbie and Skipper situation. Ooh, sure. You know, yes. Reese's Pieces is the Skipper, even though she's probably been around longer. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I mean, I do know what it yeah. is. They just taste better. Right, right. It's just a better consistency. It's a better, you know, yeah. more, more peanut butter. All the things. Um, uh, yes. oh, I'm glad we talked about this. Yeah. Because we're about to get into what is otherwise a fairly heavy episode, um, as per usual for Grays. So, and you know, I'm realizing this the second episode that I feel like such a hypocrite because I've been such a musical theater person calling this Grays instead of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the one exception. I truly do. Right? Like, anatomy is way too much. Yeah. Let me just call it Grey's. I had to like count how many syllables. I was like, anatomy. Yeah. Like Leo and Smash. <laughs> anatomy. Mom. <laughs> God, Mom. Storms off uh, to the patio. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, but yeah, I I think Grays is the the exception to that rule. Yeah. I'm sure there are, there are others as well, but I I'm fine with it. Well, I if you're not judging, then I'll just continue to do it because I mm-hmm. I heard it and I needed to name it. So uh, season three, episode one, time has come today, kicking off season three. This is all very much in the aftermath of. Denny Duquette dying, uh, the infamous Elvat wire getting cut. Uh, doom, 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 we'll do it. Oh, God. Song, yeah. I know. Like, I am Chasing cars, Izzy man. being carried in that song. Oh, oh. I know. Is it, isn't it Karev that carries her, yes. too? Yes. Oh. <sighs> you know, I, I considered should we maybe have done, like, that episode instead, but that you know being the last episode of, of season two but that episode includes a scene where uh meredith and derek have to put their dog to sleep it's too much yeah i was like no um no that's no we're not doing that i, I think that's the hardest i cried during that entire i cried more over that than denny i think <laughs> yeah i was like whatever i mean and it's like during all of it it's too much it's too much Shonda. i started to watch it just to get some context and i was like no i'm not what is this? The leftovers? I'm not watching this. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So uh. Denny has died. It is a mystery who cut the Elvat wire. Izzy has also uh, dropped out of the internship program. Meanwhile, Bailey is beating herself up because she was the surgeon for Denny. So Denny died under her, you know, uh, care. 
Oh. So she's, and that's important to know for this so episode. So no one knows yet. Oh I don't think so. And so I think this is like, yeah, nothing has really been clarified, but that's kind of the weight that Bailey is carrying, which kind of comes up later in the episode. Oh, that makes sense. That's why she said she's so sorry and like pats him on the chest. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, and then there was a, there was a big prom that they had at the hospital at the end of season two. And, uh, as, as tends to happen at proms, uh, Meredith and Derek hook up and then she flees the scene, I think, to go uh, take care of Izzy, a moment of, of selflessness for Meredith Grey, and leaves her little black panties behind. And, uh, you know, act one panties. I know. It's, oh, it's so good. I, I totally forgot a lot of these things. I forgot all about Chris O'Donnell as Finn. Oh, um, yeah. So many things. So Finn many is things. the vet. That was the, he was the, the vet. Oh, that's right. So, cause Doc was their dog and he like tell, I, that was as far as I got in the last episode. Yeah. Turn uh, it off. Was like, you know, it looks like Doc's going to need to be, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I can't think about it. <laughs> I know. I know. So we are, yes, we are very much in uh, a moment of aftermath and, uh, it opens um, with, I think, you know, an iconic shot from Grey's in, in the opening scenes of Izzy uh, on the bathroom floor in a pink prom dress. It's a very specific fetal pose that she's in that I feel like of the time was just like, I don't want to use the word iconic because it's just overused. But in terms of like TV in 2006, that was a shot we all knew, you know. Oh, yeah, if I can make, like, just a photo book of, like, all my favorite shots of TV, it would be in, it would would have to make the cut. Yeah. Now, uh, she is, of course, on the bathroom floor of the house that she shares with Meredith and Christina and George and and Karev. So I have to believe there's another bathroom in this house, right? Yeah, was that the problem though, or you're just talking like if if Colin Drucker lived in this that's house and my, that was the only bad? That's my. <laughs> he'd be problem. out of there, folks. Yeah, he'd be like you gotta go. You gotta you go. You gotta get out. Get up. Yeah, you would never share a bathroom with four. No, other people. you'd be out. No, that, there'd be. I would never be a doctor. <laughs> like I don't like needles. I don't like sharing bathrooms. I, like none of this is fun to me. So yes. <laughs> But that was my biggest concern was like all the roommates are lined up outside in the hallway and they're like, we got to do something. And I'm like, is it because you all have to pee or worse? Yeah. Oh, I want to think about the the opposite of that. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's I I just took it as, you know, is he still in there and everyone's just it's that thing where someone is grieving and you just don't know what to do or what they need because it's so, you know. It's unpredictable. Yeah. And she, but all, all they know is that she's in the bathroom. At least she's she has not locked herself in the bathroom. That, right, right. Because that enables uh, us to have these kind of one-by-one visits. Uh, Meredith, I think this may be the, the beginnings of, of the era of dark and twisty Meredith, which is a little too twee for me. You know, sometimes, like, the <laughs> Meredith stuff, it's just – it was too, like, oh, God. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's like leading leading lady syndrome. Yeah. It's just, um, again, it's, I mean, it's the, you know, the impetus for this podcast is like, they're not as exciting as they seem. And sometimes it's it's also the Carrie Bradshaw uh, 
syndrome mm-hmm. in a way. Right. And and like this is just like the idea of being like, oh, I'm all dark and twisty. It's like it, it's like somebody saying, I'm not like other girls. You know? Oh, yeah. Like a Zoe Deschanel. Uh-huh. Like I'm quirky. Yeah, there's a quirk to it that I just don't. It's too it's too labeled. Um, sure. Well, so Meredith, you know, with the most experience with grief uh, has been nominated to go into the bathroom to visit with Izzy. But in the meantime, Izzy has a flashback to the welcome party for the new interns. And we get to see Karev and Izzy meeting for the first time. I love what Izzy's wearing. I love the way her hair is styled. I think it's just like so perfect. And you fall in love with her very quickly. She's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's so cute. And I think that's like why people fell in love with her in general in this show too. And then everyone turned on her, but um, it's, she's so charming. Oh, she's yeah. Just a goose. In the background, uh, Tegan and Sarah is playing. They're a Canadian duo that is, like, perfect. They must have another song or two on Grey's Anatomy. They're just, like, it's it's everything Grey's Anatomy wants from a song. Yes. Uh, So Meredith is actually not the first in. Uh, They send poor little George in to go lay on the floor with Izzy. And uh, I I don't think he is a terribly effective person. I think in, in that quandary of, like, who to uh, who to talk to the to the grieving one or what to say? I feel like George is probably like not not my first pick. Yeah, I don't think George has a lot of. Um, he's not the alpha of the group, shall we say? Right, um, right. But you know, he means well. He's like a little puppy dog, and he, he suggests to at least change her clothes. Which honestly, I mean, a fair suggestion. Do you want to get up and? take a shower you know right let's take this one step at a time do you want to sit on the toilet first right you know what can i do yeah laying in the shower that's a that's a cure-all you might want to try it izzy um i <laughs> i do like and this is really where we see you know we're gonna have a big moment of it later but like izzy's bathroom floor acting like when she says to george there is nothing to talk about do you understand me there is nothing to discuss it's so just like okay i'm gonna get up now Got it. <laughs> yes. Backing away. Yeah. Um, next. Yeah. Tag out. Yes. Oh, she's so intense. I just love it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the hospital, as you said, Bailey is, uh, well, she's waiting with the mortician who is going to be taking Denny's body. She finds out that there is not going to be a funeral and the, f- the family has just requested that the body be sent to Memphis. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so as, as they're, you know, she's signing off for the body and, you know, he's in the body bag on the stretcher. She then, you know, puts her hand on his chest and apologizes. And yeah, the context is that, you know, he's a patient that she lost. Yeah. Oh, it just adds to the drama of like when she finds out. I almost like want to keep watching. I <laughs> like know. Season three. I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. I oh. know. I've cried so much in that like satisfying Grey's way, you know? I know. Oh, it's just oh. been like so, oh, it's so cathartic. Uh, we're back in Meredith's kitchen and Yang and Meredith are discussing Shiva. I And I feel like the way that Christina says, like, I'm Jewish, like Shiva is what I know. I don't rem- I feel like that was some kind of like surprise revelation in like season two or season one that she's Jewish. I don't know why that stands out as like a kind of moment. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about it. I was like, oh, all right. All right. Yeah, it was like kind of like that. Uh, I don't remember that, but um Good for her. Here we are. Yeah. Yes. She does make a good point. I'm not super familiar with Shiva. I don't think I've ever like formally sat Shiva other than when we did Shiva baby. But uh, <laughs> I've done I've had Irish Catholic funerals. It, it, it's not Shiva. You just go to like a, uh, you know, like a 
Irish pub afterwards and everybody has, you know, roast beef and gets drunk. But <laughs> there's, there's, a, like a, there's a variation of it. But um, I do really like this idea that, like, if you're going to sit Shiva, order out. Get good food. Don't just have a sandwich. That's true. I was like, is our sandwiches comfort food? I mean, I love a sandwich. What do you What do you think? I love a sandwich, but I, you know, I'll tell you, you know what I think is like my, uh, this is going to sound dark, but it's not. So when my grandfather died, like in 2009, mm-hmm. uh, it was a good death, as they say. I, there we go. But you know, it, it was, it was one of the first I really had dealt with. And it, d- it definitely like knocked me off my, off my heels for a little bit. And kind of, I think kind of almost initiated my fascination with grief and like with what the experience of grief is and how weird it is and how it's like you're like is this normal it's like yeah that's normal too it's like you know why do i want to have sex so bad right now that's normal that's normal why am i so hungry right now you know what i mean it's just like yes all of that was so not what i expected from grief and one of the things kind of in that hazy week after i found out like before the funeral um it was. I was living up in Washington Heights on like 181st Street, and there was a, a diner across the street, and it was like a hazy, rainy, like spring, like morning, like kind of chilly. And I went to the diner across the street, and I ate like a big plate of chocolate chip pancakes and bacon, and then I just like Ooh. went home and went back to bed. And I now like a, like the there is something about like chocolate chip pancakes and bacon that I was like that's my that's my grief food, you know. Yeah, grief food. I that's interesting. I mean, and also a great choice, by the way. Bravo. Delicious. Oh my god. Yeah. Ugh. I th- I don't know if I have a grief food. I guess that's a good thing. Um, but I do like a lot of carbs. Like yeah. I, even in Shiva Baby, like that whole like um, platter of bagels and cream cheese. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could really pound like some bagels down. Like I, I one is never enough. Let's be honest. I I really think that I could do some damage there, but. Don't you love ripping, like, half of a bagel and then, like, scraping oh, yeah. some cream cheese into the middle of it? And you just take, like, a little baby baby bagel baby to go, you know? <laughs> bagel baby. Oh, little baby bagels. Little, that would be cute. I'm baby bagels. Um, oh, carbs for sure. The, so the morning, now, while we're talking about grandfather dying, the morning that he passed away, we left the hospital. And, like, we stopped at, like, Dunkin' Donuts and, like, a bagel place and went back to my brother and my sister-in-law's and sister-in-law, sister's-in-law. And, uh... Sister-in-law, is, it's, it's a possessive. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's Christ. hard. Yeah, that's hard. Um, and I, I mean, housing, housing donuts, housing, like one hand oh, for donuts, donuts, one for bagels. And I, like, probably had five in like a half hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eating is real. <laughs> Especially if they're like the lighter donuts, not a cake donut, but the ones no. that like are pretty like cavernous, you know yep. what I mean? Oh, you could put a glaze Those... away, no problem. Oh, like a Krispy Kreme, you know what I mean? Have oh. you ever had a Krispy Kreme? Was it Krispy? <laughs> <Was> Krispy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to put that on the on our new soundboard. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, She's great. So, uh as there ha- as, as Meredith is having her Shiva sandwich, she admits to Yang that she lost her panties at the prom and that's when we discover that addison is i think if this is like derek's like you know super super fancy camper that she's staying in uh i don't remember the context of that I, it, i'm not i wasn't too concerned with getting oh, like yeah, why camper. is why is addison in a mobile home but um it the, the the camper was so derek it was so like 
classy man cave, you know? Yeah, like sponsored by L.L. Bean. You right. know what I mean? Right. Everything was top of the line. There was like a washing machine inside of it. That yeah. She, you know, that she washes the panties with. That she, exactly. That she then, we discover she's got the panties. And so. <laughs> she's got the panties. She's got the panties and she knows what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh so we're back at the hospital and we are meeting our, you know, every episode has its kind of, you know, incidental uh, patients. And we meet Omar and Giselle who are being admitted to the hospital after a car accident. And Giselle I, uh, is she has head injuries because she she was driving and Omar is uh, doing better. But then, you know, much better than she is. But uh, he is also clearly coming down with the flu that is going around right now. So um, a little note, which I think is really interesting, is the guy who plays Omar, his name is Steve Harris. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, IMDb says he's uncredited in this episode because I had to, like, go do some scrolling. But I was like, I know this man. And I was like, why is he so familiar? Why do I recognize him? And I realized that he was in a movie that I got to tell you. I don't know why this movie, I just fucking love this movie, but he was in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. No way. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's a it's like a Medea movie. But yes, like, that I know, yeah, but I've not seen it. Okay. I, I don't know why. I think when I- We should I, do one one day. Ma- we should. I mean, I, for whatever reason, when I saw this movie, like, eh, that's a whole other tangent, but like when it when I saw it and like for some reason, I was just, it wasn't- it wasn't that it was like telling my story or like I was identifying with it, but there was just something about the story that it was telling that I was like, I need to see this right now. And yeah. so it's a good movie. I mean, the Medea part of it all is obviously very silly, but there's, you know, uh, there's some great actressing in it. Um, it's yeah. And the, the other thing that I love about, you know, a couple of Tyler Perry's movies, but like Diary of a Mad Black Woman, for example, was made for like $5.5 million, which is not much money. And like, grossed like 50 million dollars yeah and and the reason or one of the reasons why it became like it was like number one at the box office for a couple weeks and one of the reasons why was these church groups would just fill up a bus and go to a regal and just i love that and because they were like they knew tyler perry's plays from like the church plays of course and so i was like that i've never heard of that before other than like like superhero fans you know what i mean or star wars fans who like line up for something this was totally different this is church groups you know what i mean uh, oh i would love that i'd love to see them just like walking off the bus like what are you wearing right see the hats I right would love that. see the hats and so i just i don't know it's there's something about that movie that just sits in my heart um <laughs> but anyway so omar is played by steve harris he i think he gives a great performance this episode yeah. um and so he starts coughing, and, you know, so they have to escort him out away from Giselle. Meanwhile, an EMT brings in a baby wrapped in plastic. Uh, I don't think we ever – I think it's, you know, it, it, it's very much a doll. You know, they don't ever show the baby in this scene. I think it's, yeah. it's obviously very premature or very small. Uh, Karev, he's, you know, uh, arguing with the nurse Olivia, who's somewhat of a recurring character on the show – uh, for however many episodes and she's like you have to admit the baby he's like i gotta get this baby out of this you know uh this this flu ridden emergency room and and tells yes. her to let addison know that he's admitting the baby to the nick you unit 
I do have to to pause and say this too because I feel like she's not really a big role in this one, but Olivia is such an interesting side character because mm. like isn't at one point she's like the love interest of George too? Like, yes, I do feel like she's there's something she gets involved in, um, but I, I and like she's a familiar character, but I I don't remember how often she's involved. I feel like there's she comes in between like George and Callie or something like that. She's played her name is uh, Sarah Utterback, mm-hmm. and she looks like uh, if you remember the Light in the Piazza, the woman who played Margaret Victoria Clark, the redhead yeah. mother looks exact like they could play mother and daughter. She looks exactly like her. She it's could be kind of scary. The actually. Light in the Piazza. I don't know if she can say there it is. I know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I, yeah, I just wanted to give her a little bit of a shout out because uh, I know she's not really ever like an A plot by any means too. But I, I feel like I remember her. Yeah, I feel like the nurses on Grey's Anatomy, you know, they deserve a little a yeah. little hey you over there. I feel like That's they never right. they never get to be part of the story. Yes. So, you know, Addison and Karev are examining the baby, and I feel like I have to say this from the outset. I think Kate Walsh gives such a good performance this episode. Yeah. And it's all subtext. It's all yes. under the surface. And I read about this because I, I didn't remember this, but apparently she had an abortion from a, getting pregnant with McSteamy. Who, because if oh, you remember Derek yes. and I don't remember McSteamy's real name, uh, and Addison, know, what is this they go name? way back. They're old friends, and she was who he, I think she he she had an affair with him, and that's what led to the fight we later see this episode. That's interesting because I I totally forgot uh, his name is Mark 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 Sloan, Mark Sloan played by Eric Dane which seems that's like a poor name if I've ever heard <laughs> such of him, a you poor know? name yeah I mean he he's very like porny if he that's is. a word he is I mean he's hot he's so hot but um it's it's such an interesting dynamic because like did we did we know about is this the first time I guess that we're ever learning that Addison cheated on Derek. And maybe maybe you don't know the answer. That I don't know. I was just trying. I don't think I I I assume I assume if we're being shown this this flashback, we'll talk about later. uh, The way we're being shown it, we already know that something happened. Yeah, I mean, because it makes because I you're so on Addison's side when she comes back at the end of is it season one where she finally comes Mm -hmm. back in, and you know wearing that like gorgeous outfit. I don't know what it's like Prada or something like that. It's all black. That big coat, Um, big fur coat. Yeah. Yes. And, but it's, it adds to the texture and complication of this dynamic too, but because it's like, well, you cheated on him, but does like, what are your thoughts? Does it give Derek like a hall pass or should he have Mm. worked on it? I, I don't think it solves anything. I think, I don't know. I feel like, there are ways in which I feel like Derek is kind of slimy. And so just in general, like I think it's one of those things that like rewatching Grey's Anatomy, it's like, is Derek a slime ball? Like, is Derek gross? Yeah. You know? And I don't have the answer to that yet, but I am, I'm kind of, that question is, is on the board for me. And so because of that, I default Addison, team Addison and like, whatever girl, you made a mistake. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I I think it made sense for them to divorce ultimately for many reasons. So, you know, I guess they both lose and win in that situation, right? Yeah, I feel like it's almost I feel like Derek, especially in this episode, he's such a dick to George later. Like yeah. he's just not giving him the t- we'll get to it, but like I feel like Derek is like the like the combination, like a perfect balance of like Finn 
played by Chris O'Donnell, who we'll talk about, and like McSteamy Mark. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little. It's not that Derek's a bad guy, like a a bad boy or anything like that, but like he's not perfect. But like when he's dreamy, he's dreamy. Like there's oh. he is just like that kitchen scene when he tells her. Like I felt I felt like he was talking directly to me. Oh, I was like Derek. Oh my god. It, Sit Shiva with me. Right? Oh, my God. It, it It's – he is – I agree. When he's dream, and that's the problem. When he's dreamy, he's dreamy. And that's the ones you got to watch out for. It. And he knows it. I don't trust that. Yeah. I'm, I don't trust that. No. Me, you know, when I was 22, I I lapped that up like chocolate chip pancakes. But <laughs> now – Egg salad. Got to take a lactate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Won't even bother. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, uh, you know, Addison, Karev explains to Addison that, you know, the baby was found in the trash can of a, in a high school. And, you know, it, I, they're kind of setting up this narrative of, you know, she had an abortion. And so there's that sort of, you know, maybe is feeling some regret or sadness about the baby that she won't have. And now here is this case of, uh, as we come to discover later, of, you know, the, this high school girl, you know, sort of, you know, topical narrative, uh, this high school girl who was pregnant and uh, gave birth and put the baby in the garbage. Mm. So there's kind of a like, ugh, how could you throw away this baby? Don't you know how special it is? All yeah, that, you know? yeah. Um, but basically that that is the undercurrent, I think, for Addison throughout the episode in dealing with those parents and those kids, which I, I think is really interesting that she has all this like, you know turmoil underneath and it's just like trying to not scream at them you know yes because she does get quite stern with them later which we'll get Mm -hmm. into and that's like the closest she comes to like you know let showing her cards i guess a little bit but it's it's perfectly balanced yeah uh there is this scene you know of of george and and derek in surgery and and shepherd is or derek shepherd i'm calling him shepherd he's derek uh and derek is asking george how izzy's doing and this is where george reveals to derek that izzy was in love with denny and at first i was like no don't tell him and i was like denny's dead who cares you know what i mean she quit and denny's dead it doesn't matter no more secrets you know yeah while they're doing brain surgery you know not right. something you don't really need to concentrate on that much right right it's like so how's izzy doing you know <laughs> pull this lobe out of the way i know <laughs> exactly yeah. whoop i uh, put that little plinky music boop there goes yeah. a little, you know blink, abun- blink, blink, a little abunglada just blink, bounced away <laughs> yes <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know what an abunglada is but that's yeah i'm not a doctor they are that's right uh, so we're back in the kitchen and Meredith admits to Christina Yang, if you will, that she slept with Derek and, you know, has, is now in this, in this pickle of sorts. Will Meredith go back to nice guy veterinarian Finn played by Chris O'Donnell or will she stay with married Derek, um, who has, you know, uh, a dog that bites is a dog that bites. I learned that from doubt. Uh, he heard her yeah. once. You know what I mean? It's like they've been through so much already. I understand maybe Finn's not as exciting, doesn't get the gears turning as much as, like, Derek with the hair. But, like, Derek with the good hair. But, like, I... <laughs> there we go. Right? But I I don't think... I think this is one of those mistakes that you make when you're younger of, like, you get addicted to the thrill of a bad... Of a, like, a, a, of a fuckboy, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead just for a second too, but I can't stop thinking about this line of um and, and it actually comes from Callie 
And I'm going to booger it up. I'm going to see if I can scroll. I have the clip. I you have know, the clip. Okay, great. But uh, it's like, should we play it now? I don't know. But that is it about the high yeah. school? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have that clip. So uh, okay, not I'll to worry. It. I'll save it. But yeah, it's like, it's like Finn is the guy that you, uh, you end up with or should end up with, like in your late 20s, early 30s. And like the Derricks and the McSteamies are the people that you go through in order to get to the Finn and realize mm-hmm. how great Finn is. It almost, not to jump back to Sex and the City, but a little bit of like Aiden and Big a little bit. Right, right. Well, and in this case, yeah, Derek is such a big. And mm-hmm. I mean, and I feel the same. I feel, and I've always felt this about Big. It was like, ugh. You've made the wrong decision. You yes. should have been with Aiden. I mean, you know, I, I, there's that one scene where Aiden's like laying in bed eating fried chicken in his like tidy whities, and I'm Ugh. like, okay, come on, Carrie, what more does a man need to do? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can picture it right. That's another in my like uh, a frame to put in my right? book there. Yeah. Oh God, he asked her to rub his belly, and I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm gonna have a heart attack. I gotta have a heart attack. I gotta call Bobby. I need to call Bobby. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so at this point, great. we we get a flashback to Meredith as a child on a merry-go-round while her parents are fighting, and mm-hmm. uh, Kate Burton is credited. I assume because she's from a distance, she's playing her younger self. She certainly sounds. It sounds like her, but uh, this is really her only inclusion. This episode is uh, to be screaming and crying to Meredith's father. She has, and again, I don't know why this name is just erased from my memory. I'm going to look it up. Oh, she has such Piper Laurie energy. Oh, yes. Yes. Totally. I could totally see her in some sort of like remake. Why didn't they cast her? Get Julianne Moore out of here and right? Kate Burton. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny, and this is more of like... A, maybe obscure references, but like, I feel like, you know, we talk about who would play sisters and I feel like Piper Laurie, Kate Burton, and there's another actress named Kate Reed and Mm. R.E.I.D. And I feel like they could play sisters and I could be misremembering Miss Miss Reed wrong, but I know at least in one movie I saw her and I was like, oh yeah, she's got that kind of quality. Let's see if I'm wrong. No, Mm. I think it's a little bit there. Depends on the picture. Sure. Was she in the the Andromeda strain? She was. was. And you know, what what I'm thinking of is she was in a movie, a film adaptation, a film adaptation of Edward Albee's play, A Delicate Balance. Okay. so good. Oh, that is a movie we should cover. Catherine Hepburn is in it. Oh, my goodness. Could we do an Albie month? Could we find, like... just, like, plays adapted to movies. How about that one? I mean, we've already done Virginia Woolf, which is sad. I know, and we've done August Osage County. That would be well. It's a thing to think about. I love this. You know, there's always crimes of the heart. There's a, yeah, some Tennessee Williams movie. I'm sure there's a couple we we forgot. Yeah, we did think... talk about doing a Tennessee Williams month as well. Maybe. Oh my goodness. So okay. Yeah. All right. Put Keep a that pin in mind. In that. Pin yeah. in that. Meanwhile, I doubt this is the first time Loretta Devine is appearing on Grey's Anatomy, but it's the first you and I are talking about her on Grey's Anatomy. She plays Richard's wife, and she eventually won a guest Emmy like year a few years later. Oh, good. So she eventually got her flowers, but she is here to have an appointment with the chief. I love that. And he, he can't stay long because the plague hits. He's uh, like, see ya, Adele. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. Um, I got to go talk to somebody like you. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, sorry. No. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes, Bailey comes in just as Adele is trying to get some footing, you know, with Richard and says that uh, Omar and Giselle, who were admitted, it looks like they may have come in contact with the plague. And now the disease control folks are at the hospital. So, you know, triggered. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And take your choice. COVID, monkeypox, you know? I uh, know. Could be anything these days. Truly. So, meanwhile, Addison meets with the uh, the four girls who were the last to be in the bathroom at school where the baby's uh, baby was found, as well as their parents. And I just need to name that I think the girl, Lisa, her father, who's the one who's like, well, I don't care what you do to her. You could do whatever you want yeah, to her. Right? Just, you know, who cares, you know? Uh, just make sure to prove that she's not my little girl. That actor's name is Pepper Sweeney, and I don't know him or anything, but I just needed to name. His name is Pepper Sweeney. Pepper Sweeney? Yeah, Pepper. And he's had a, a, a pretty good career with that name. All right. I'm trying to see if there's anything we may have, like, potentially talked about that Pepper slipped into. He was, I mean, he was in an episode of Jag. You love Jag, right? <laughs> Jag. My You're grandma loved Jag. Grandmas love Jag. She loves a man yeah. in uniform. Oh, God. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, well, uh, so that's <laughs> Pepper Sweeney. Yeah. Sorry, that's just like, wow, I can't believe I forgot about this. There's right? so many of those shows. I feel like that's been a through line the past month we've been talking about, like Blue Bloods and yeah, Jag. SWAT, and, you know. Yes, uh, the Resident. I started looking up, like, at, like just to see, like, well, did they get canceled? No, that one's still running. That one's still running. That's still happening. Like, it was... It was it was nuts. Uh, yeah, one day we'll just give in and we'll do the BSAs of of strange CBS hour dramas that grandmas watch. Oh yes, that would be. I mean, it would be terrible, but it'd be great. The BSAs of Jag, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, so in this scene, this is I think one uh, you know one of many great scenes Kate Walsh has this episode, but just like. As she's she's kind of navigating because she needs to get consent, not from the parents, but from yeah. the girls to do these examinations. And so she's kind of caught between the two and like trying to not flip her shit on the parents, but also trying to like appeal to these girls of like, I need you to be. You know what I mean? Like she she's playing both sides at the same time. And it's really it's all in her eyes. It's it's a really, really interesting uh, scene. Yeah, I mean, these parents are just, like, the worst. Like, just, I, I would not be able to deal with them. And the kids are just, like, sitting there, like, not saying anything for obvious reasons, too. It's hard to, it would be hard to navigate, like, even in real life, let alone, like, you know, like you said, just really kind of processing that with everything that we know that's going on with her. Right, right. Well, meanwhile, I would say of the of the subplots, all, of all the little subplots of this episode, this one I was the least excited by is when Derek and George are quarantined in the locker room because they had, had done surgery on Giselle. Yeah, it's like the, it's the, you know, Christina Yang and the leg. Mm-hmm. But, right. But a lot of this is just because, I mean, it comes up later, too, is just because Derek is like, this is not Derek. I just feel like it, this is written so weird for him to, like, not want to touch George's forehead and, like, get away from me, man. Like, just that sort of, like, eating stuff and, like, ignoring George. I just didn't understand. It, it just didn't feel, like, human, which is, like, it's just an, inter it's an interesting choice. I don't know why they would write him that way, but maybe that is what we were talking about before. Like, he has to be a little bit of a jerk sometimes because he says it. George calls him out. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and just to note, this episode was written by Shonda Rhimes, and so, yeah. like, I, you know, I take it to you, Shonda Land. Who do I need to talk to in Shonda Land about these, 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 these choices? I agree. I think it is like un, unnecessarily like smug. Yes, and, and like, I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I just, I, and especially with this is a character we're supposed to be swooning for. Did people in 2006 find this charming, you know? No, I mean, I did not. And George is such a goose. It's like, I thought it would be a moment where they would bond, and it, it, it certainly was not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and, and even, you know, well, we'll talk about it, but yeah, it's never quite the connection I want it to be, you know? Yes. Well, meanwhile, Bailey sees that Omar is quarantined in his hospital room, and so she tells him that his wife is out of surgery, but she's quarantined, seems to be doing fine. And uh, she says, you know, I'll go check on her. And he's like, no, 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 please stay. Just stay by the door with me. And uh, which is, you know, really, I, I feel like is setting up for a great scene later of like mm-hmm. some between the door acting. Ugh, give me your hands. Ugh. So meanwhile, we have our first, our, not, our, not the first time ever on Grey's Anatomy, but uh, the first time we are talking about Sato Ramirez, not as Che Diaz, but as Callie Torres. I loved Callie so much when she first came on the scene. Callie. I thought she like brought like such an energy. She like had, I mean, she's so great in this episode too. And my first question is, do they still not like her? Because I remember everyone was really opposed to her for liking George and like taking him out of the group. And they were like very protective, specifically Izzy. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I, I feel like there's still some residual there, but I feel like it seems to me, if I'm remembering correctly, Callie caught Meredith and Derek hooking up at the prom. Oh yeah. And so I feel like this moment where she tells Meredith, like, I won't bring it up, you know, that you had sex with Derek. I feel like there is a bit of a, like, like an, okay, well, I can respect you for that. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could come in, you know? Yeah, and also did because I feel like George brought this up in a scene with Derek later or soon that he awkwardly tells Meredith that he loves her. Do you remember that? Oh, so at some awful. point, yeah, George did tell Meredith he loved her. I remember there was like a weird thing there, maybe even season season one. Okay, yeah, I remember yeah. it there by the bed. Oh God, it was weird. Oh, so gross. Like, and this... she's like, no. He's so non-sexual to me. I just exactly, yeah. I you mean, know? and I want to give him like the the credit he deserves because he's like you know he's a gay man playing a straight man too, and like I think he does need a sort of like an Olivia character. He needs a little bit of a nurse that is a yeah. little quirky and uh, less of a like of an alpha too. He needs to be the alpha, and you know someone's got to like me best. You know, right, right. I almost feel like Callie's too much woman for him. Like she's yeah. just so like. She she's so clearly the alpha. It's just uh and and she's a doctor and he's an intern, so there's even that power imbalance. But yeah. uh meanwhile Yang is on the floor with Izzy in the bathroom now, and um Yang explains to Izzy how Shiva works and that there's you know, you, you don't go to work, you don't you don't sit on anything above an inch, you don't, you know, uh you don't bathe, you don't change your clothes. Um, and so kind of realizes, oh, man, you know, basically what you're doing right now. And, and she tells her, you know, this doesn't have to be a Shiva. And I I, I didn't get this till the second time I watched this scene, but it's such a like it's such an, an, a cool little fuck you moment where 
uh, Izzy's basically like, well, how would you feel if you never saw Burke again? Which yeah. is a great setup for a scene later. We'll, oh. you know, just want to remind everyone that this is important. And, you know, that, that registers for Christina. And so then Izzy says, we're sitting Shiva for Denny. Yeah. Um, which I liked. I just love that, like, no, I'm doing exactly what you're saying. I'm not changing my clothes. I'm not bathing. I'm not doing fucking nothing. I'm sitting Shiva. Yeah, it's it's perfect. And I think even, like, the way that she explains it, too, and how, like, it, it, it makes sense to Izzy. And it's kind of what she needs to hear. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like, uh, you know, Christina's always an interesting kind of counterpoint in these situations because she is the you know, more often than not the kind of control energy and like that, like someone like Meredith or Izzy could rebound off of, you know? Yes. Yeah. She's not good in those. I think of uh, Liz Lemon, like patting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Matt with the Damon? broom. Oh, there's the broom. That I mean, that's, Oh, that's, sorry. That's, no, no, no. I mean, that's another great moment where Jack yeah. like it pats her on the back with the broom because she has yeah. like, she got like food poisoning and she's like, Oh, that's really nice. Uh, <laughs> but also when this is the, the barefoot Contessa episode, it's the first time because oh, it's yeah. ingrained in my soul. Matt, it's, she's dating Carol played by Matt Damon and he starts to break down because he sees the love that Jeffrey and I share for each other. And he says, I'll never be them. And she's like, it okay? It not cry? Like, she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> right. Very Christina Yang, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> meanwhile, Addison and the chief are meeting with these parents, who I think are... Shonda, I hate to come for you again. I think the parents are being written very broadly to say very, like, poll, like, poll quotes about, sure. like you know, teen pregnancy and medical consent and things like that. Um, it, you know, Pepper Sweeney is very much playing a point of view more than he's playing a character, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, in all of this, though, is when we get Addison flashing back to this big fight she had with Derek where he threw her clothes out of their, you know, brownstone apartment, threw her out on a rainy night. And I, I you know, a reason to do a full rewatch is like, Addison is a character we've seen so in control for the for mm-hmm. at least all of season two. I don't think I know there's a scene eventually where she, you know, someone finds her crying in a stall, but I don't think that's happening uh, till maybe later this season. So I feel like this might be the first time we really see Addison like at a twenty-seven. Yeah, I loved it. I love. I mean, I love a good breakup scene, and and it just reminded me that this even happened. So I was totally invested, um, and just like. Her saying, like, I'm holding my ground, like, she sat on the stairs, like, we don't mm-hmm. quit, we're Derek and Meredith. And even the line, like, this is almost my opening line, but <laughs> I didn't want you to think it was about you. Uh, the, I look at you and I feel nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it changed. It was good. <laughs> but it's such a, it's so, like, it's pretty rough. It's rough. It's rough, yeah. And, you know, and, and he, you know, he does let her back in, which I thought was like, okay, well, that was nice. But then he leaves and... um we we you know this I, I gotta say if I'm gonna read a few things here these fla- up until now the flashbacks we've seen like character whoosh flashback but yeah. the next scene we just stay in flashback land and it's it's Christina meeting Burke for the first time yeah I I said cut to Christina instead of fangirling it uh, autocorrected to fingerling as in potatoes <laughs> <laughs> over Doctor Burke. And that's basically how he looked at her. Like she was a fingerling <laughs> potato with eyes. Yeah, with a like, curly wig. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're a potato. He's like flirting with some. I know. Who, who is this? He's canoodling. Who is that? 
I have no idea, but you know, he's a doctor, he's handsome, why not? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I I'd still chase it a little bit more, you know. Sure. Meanwhile, at this in flashback land at this party, George and Meredith are making some stilted small talk over the appetizers. Uh, and you know, and I should have looked this up. I know that she's very distracted, but I believe she's distracted by Richard, yes. who she knows her mother had an affair with. Yes, and she sees him starting to walk over, and she ghosts it's, George. Yes. He's just standing there by the cocktail weenies. <laughs> yeah, the crudite. One of the weenies, yeah. He is a weenie. We're back in that awful locker room. Derek is eating Karev's apple, and it's just so aggressive. Like, you're eating Alex's apple. Stop it. Yes. It sounded like you were going to say he's eating Karev's ass. I was like, that I'd like to see. That's not a problem. <laughs> I'd rather that's, see that. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that part of Grey's Anatomy. You exactly. know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, but yeah, it's well, it's just annoying. Yeah, go ahead. It's aggressive, and 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 really, all the eating in this locker room. It, it talk about making me nauseous. The eating in these scenes, the way George talks later with popcorn in his mouth. Ugh. Yeah, don't love that. I love it. So Addison and and Richard discuss a plan for these girls, you know, to do a blood test so that they can rule out they've you know the baby's uh, O positive or whatever, so they can rule out certain blood types, you know, by doing a blood test. Meanwhile, back at the house. Meredith is doing what she does best, and she's complaining to Callie. Well, Callie is cooking something that looks delicious. I don't know if you caught this, and this might be out of left field. It's like the same way that, um, who did you say gives you Shea Coulee vibes? Is it Christina? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yes, I, I still yes. haven't got that. I keep forgetting to look for those. Uh, but anyway, I feel that Sara Ramirez oh is giving me Tyne Daily No! <laughs> I know! Oh my god. I I loved it. I was like, you got two types of stuffing. You you got, uh, you got real cranberry sauce. <laughs> I was oh like god. I I couldn't get over it. I had to pause and just like look at her. Ugh. I know. I had I have the exact same note at the exact same time oh, that so Callie bad. has so time daily energy. Thank you for seeing it. Thank you for validating me. <laughs> Without even knowing it. Yeah. I'm always looking for Tyne and everyone, oh, really. So Absolutely. I mean, this this episode should be called Tyne Has Come Today. <laughs> yes! <laughs> God. Uh, what an unexpected... And it, it made me love Callie even more. I was like, oh, right. it's the eyebrows, really, I think. Yeah. It's, oh, They I, both have great I, brows. It, it might be the only reason I keep watching is just to watch for the, the Tyne Daily of it all. Yes. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Finn arrives to talk to Meredith, but she... Pulls a little ghosty again and dashes upstairs to talk to Izzy. And this is where we get, as you mentioned before, this little speech from Callie. Uh, kind of, I think it was an interesting context that I, I appreciate, like, that Shonda wrote this. Because I think it's actually a real, like, subtext and context for the entire show. At least these first few seasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, so premiering our soundboard for the first time, Ooh. here's uh, Callie's little speech. Four years of high school, four years of college, four years of med school. By the time we graduate, we're in our late 20s, and we've never done anything except go to school and think about science. Time stops. We're socially retarded. I mean, look at me. I'm in love with a guy who won't say he loves me back, and here I am in his kitchen cooking, just hoping he comes home and notices me. I'm a total freak. I'm that girl in the back of the class who eats her hair. And Meredith... 
She's 17 years old. We're all 17 years old. This is high school with scalpels, Finn. While she's cooking, you can hear her stirring the rice. High school with scalpels. I just feel like that's like the elevator pitch for Grey's Anatomy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was part of the original pitch. Like, it's, it is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's a great little speech. And I love that Callie got to have that because it's like, it's so the example of giving a supporting character, like, the moment, you know? Yeah. And, and like, the theme of high school and, like, making bad choices and, like, even having those, like, four girls that are at maybe, like, middle school, high school age, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. But even, like, Izzy being in a prom dress, you know, it's just, like, yeah. it's all it all ties in so perfectly. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Is that like they're it's getting to the point where like the high school of it all has really, you know, it, it's become almost more than a metaphor at this point. It's like, oh no, they literally had a prom, so yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they have lockers. You know, there's food. It's in true. There. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who gets Derek's eaten by like, the hot guy? Yes. Yeah. And George is the nerd. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hate high school. I'm so glad we're not. Oh, in high I school. loved high school. Really? I did. I mean, I wow. wasn't popular, and like the my peak popularity was like junior year because I got my braces off, I got contacts, I mm. lost like fifteen pounds at band camp. I was ready. <laughs> I walked in, I was like, "Oh, y'all wanted a twist?" <laughs> like a death drop. My tan, oh, it was perfect. Oh my goodness! We did Footloose that year. I was on top of the world. So, were you? Did you play? Kevin Bacon? No, I didn't. I mean, I oh. should have. I looked just like him, Colin. Oh, I just gotta say. <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> no, I was. I was. Uh, I was just one of the like the cronies of like the be- like the guy that uh, Ariel dated, like Chuck Cranston's oh. like friends who were just like. <laughs> I was like the. I was like the Karev. Yeah. Did you do a lot of background acting? A lot of like. Look at this guy over here. Did you do a lot of that? Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. Yeah. Check out this guy. Yeah. You know, but it, not out loud because you don't have any. Cantaloupe, you know, watermelon, watermelon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, uh, Meredith is upstairs talking. You know, she lays down with Izzy. And she mentions about a the bomb episode must have already happened. Yeah. Where Meredith is holding oh, the bomb in some guy's chest. Episode. It's a great episode. I And I didn't realize it was. It was before this in season two. It feels like such a like season four, or season five kind of move. But season two packs a punch. There's so season many two great packs episodes. a punch. Yeah. So they talk a bit about like you know the experience because it was a, there was like a SWAT team guy that Meredith was was working with the whole time, and then spoiler alert, he gets blown away at the end. Mm-hmm. And she and I always remember the shot of her being like blown down the hallway, and you could see her face with all yes. the debris around her. Uh, that's a shot I always remember. It's so good. So this scene, this is a little bit a, a little bit longer of a, of a monologue, but I feel like this moment with Izzy, this is like where she won it. This is yep. where she won the Emmy, Absolutely. and I think this is phenomenal acting. So this is Izzy on the bathroom floor. I feel like I'm moving in slow motion, like I'm moving in slow motion, and everything around me is moving so fast, and I just want to go back to when things were normal. When I wasn't poor Izzy laying on the bathroom floor in her prom dress with her. Her dead fiance. But I am. So I can't. You know. Just stuck. And there's all this pressure because everyone's hovering around me waiting for me to do something. Or say something. Or flip out. Or yell. Or cry some more. And I'm happy to play. I'm happy to say the lines and do whatever it is 
that I'm supposed to be doing if it will make everyone feel more comfortable. But I don't... I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be this person. I don't... I don't know who this person is. I see. How did this happen? How did we end up here? Oh, it's such great writing. It is a beautiful monologue. Yeah, I, I think my favorite line is, I can play that, I'll play that part. Yes. You know, when she talks about I'm that, I'll do that. I'm happy to play my part. I'm happy to say the lines. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so... And and her, I mean, obviously so much of this is visual, like the intensity on her face mm-hmm. and like doing it with her cheek down on the bathroom floor, right? Like she's also still laying on the floor. So there's no other like body language that she can work into this. It's all just in her eyes mm-hmm. and and like the way that she's delivering these mostly whispered lines. Like I, I was a nice reminder of like, wow, you're like a. You're a great actress. Yeah. Like you get you I'm okay. I want Katherine Heigl to get her due again. Yeah, it's like she's just like stifling a, a sob. It is like the floodgates are about to open. It's like she's it's like the whole monologues an inhale <laughs> and she just yeah. refuses yeah. to exhale. Oh my it's, goodness. It's amazing. It's so good. And, you know, Meredith takes her hand after that and tells her she's not alone. And it's a nice little sort of pose at the end that they're like two twins in utero. You know? Yeah. She's like, but anyway, about me and Derek. But anyway, yeah. So, but I left my panties. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you think that's bad. Right. Right. Exactly. At least you still have your prom dress. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my panties. <laughs> Want a sandwich? Yeah. Have you seen my panties? Oh, so, uh, you know, we go back to the locker room, this awful locker room, you know, with the search for food. I, you know, I mean, Derek proselytizing to George about the, there's moments that change your life forever, you know, uh, it's similar to, you know, what Izzy's going through. And it's not similar at all, but the moment that Derek is thinking of is flashing back to seeing Meredith for the first time at Joe's bar. Yeah, it's interesting because I I do feel that this is the Derek that I wanted, but you're right. It's like, I I think it's because he was such a dick, like, five minutes earlier that I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to you. Like, you're a mess. But like, I would, I would rather have seen him play this the entire time, like, thinking Mm -hmm. about this and being preoccupied with the fact that like, he uh, cheated on his so they are separated they are divorced or on the path to divorce i think that's where my timeline is getting yes skewed. i i remember i think they i think they may be on the path of divorce at this point maybe separated but not divorced yeah it's just like i picture him with an apple like with his feet up you know what i mean on like the bench just yeah. again smug and uh not likable so I, I i liked that there was a shift but it's too late too late Derek. Too late, Derek. And and honestly, we go back to this this flashback of him meeting Meredith for the first time, and you know he's he's kind of trying to weasel his way in, and and uh, he tells her, "Well, you shouldn't ignore me because I'm someone you need to get to know to love." And I don't know why that felt like a red flag to yes, me. Yes, I right totally agree. It's it's just, I just yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it there, it was a uh, it. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Why is that so skeevy? I, it just feels like a bad pickup line in a way, too. And especially since he is so irresistible to look at, too. It's like, wow, you are really on any other guy. 
I don't know. Like I picture, I can't picture George saying that either. It's it, it just feels. Maybe if it was Finn saying it, I would I would enjoy it. But for some reason, Maybe. Derek saying it. But you're right. Just at its core, it is just it feels wrong. <laughs> it feels wrong. Yeah. I would never say it, that about myself. And it's like, well, I get there'll be a period of time that I don't like you, and then as I get to know you, I'll start to like you more. So why are you so unlikable from the start? You know. Yeah, and it's because I've always wondered about this. I I always think, thought it was like such a great plot device, uh, like in the pilot of she doesn't know that he's Derek and he doesn't know that she's Meredith. Um, mm-hmm. But but he asks her like, "What's your story?" Because she very easily could have said, "Oh, I'm moving here because I'm you know I'm working at Seattle mm-hmm. Grace," and then it all would have just been over. But then she says, "I don't have a story. I'm just a girl in a bar," and it's very it's like she's kind of, uh, you know volleying back the ball is is that the term i'm like sports yeah you know, bumps yeah, that spike. I, she, yeah she's <laughs> she's, she's playing. you know she's spiking it back to him and uh and yes you know you know keeping the mystery up and telling him i'm just a girl in a bar uh well you know it isn't that charming now there's charisma yeah so yeah because that's the other side of it i in some ways i think derek and meredith are perfect for each other because there is She's insufferable in her own way. You know what I mean? Like she, mm. she is her own kind of like mess to be with, and he's a mess to be with. So really, the messes should stay together. Yeah, I think that's why they work, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you know, and I gotta say, and I don't, I don't think it ever. I mean, no, it does get consummated. Addison and Karev eventually hook up, right? I think so. Because there, there is a really. I love the relationship that gets developed, you know, between the two of them, and. Um, just kind of the energy between them. In the next scene, they're you know they're kind of looking over the, the little baby mm-hmm. and talking about the you know how can this happen? And I think she says like I don't get how you can go back to class and act like everything's fine. Everything's not fine. I love that whole monologue because he's like, how yeah. does someone do this? And he's like, well, and she's she just goes. She's like, well, you start to panic and then you yeah. It was it was so great. I love that. Yeah. And and again, like there's all the subtext of like what is she really talking yes. about here? You know, like how is this about her? And it's just ah, oh, I have to say it again. Kate Walsh is so good this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so two of the girls are ruled out by the blood test, and uh, meanwhile, so there's you know I guess a little bit of good news, but then we pivot to a little bit of bad news because Bailey uh, needs to go to Omar's room and give him the news about Giselle, his wife. Mm. And to be alone. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, and not to bring in current events, but this was such a thing yes. that happened over the past couple of years of people being isolated, oh you know, uh, and dying alone or being isolated from people that they loved who died or were sick. Like, it's – I mean, this was, you know, in retrospect, not that sensational. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. I, I, again, though, but we, we – uh, we teased this scene. Or, do you have a clip of this? Or oh yes, okay, great. Then lead us in. So Omar, so she, you know, in that in that way, says, you know, we did everything we could, you know, and he starts to have a panic attack, and then Bailey starts trying to rip the tape off the door, but the disease control guy stops her. So she's like, well, you know, somebody's got to do something, and he's freaking out, and she's you know yelling to get his attention, and she eventually gets him to put his hands. On the on the little window of the door, mm-hmm. uh, where her hands are to kind of connect, and then you know gets him to to calm down, and she says, you know, now what is my name? And of course, I thought Meredith, no Miranda, <laughs> Caitlin. <Right>? Yes. <laughs> um, but she kind of you know gets him to kind of 
come down and, and kind of come to her level and you know and he's crying and that's where this scene that's where this this uh little chunk of of the scene starts i wish i could help you omar i wish i could turn back the clock and make it yesterday you don't know how much i wish that but uh i can't turn back time oh i should have let her dry you sick i should have taken over i know <laughs> I know. I, I should have taken over too, but we can't go back. Look, even if I could let you out of here, you can't help Giselle now. Oh my! She's so good at like that, just talking through tears kind of thing. Oh yeah, and one of my favorite lines from that—it wasn't in the clip, but um, it's uh, when he does say like, "What's?" Or when she asks him, "What my name? What's my name?" and he says, "Miranda," mm-hmm. and she's like, "Miranda." That's right. And her voice like cracks the way she says it. Yes. It's so perfect. Um, yes. Even the way that like he asks her, like, do you believe in God? And like it, it's and you're re- you, you aren't really sure if she does because she seems like she's making it up. She's like, I have to believe, Omar, that when our time comes, we go to a place, a better place, um, a beautiful place. It's like it's like she's kind of. It's the only comfort that she can give him right now. And but like I don't know if she does, but maybe she does. What did you what did you how did you interpret that? I you know, I I I think where she says like I have to believe in it, to me that's like it's it becomes less of like a religious conviction and maybe that's yeah. part of it, but all, but part of like a psychological like I can't do this job if I don't have if I can't have the belief that this isn't the that's end true. should someone die because you know, someone could die under her care. And so I think it, it makes sense, you know, and I think there must be something about like, this would be something I'd be interested in talking like doctors, especially nurses, certainly about you're in a space where like, there are people who are on that line between life and death. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like there must be, are because I, you know, I've heard people talk about like, you know, they get to a certain point and they feel like they can see everybody on the other side, calling them over. You don't know what that is, but like, I feel like there's enough of those little, like when you blur the lines between life and death where life gets weird, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I'd be curious, like examples of like, oh yeah, like there was this guy and he could see his, cause I remember like my grandmother when, you know, she was in a, like a nursing home after my grandfather died and she, I'm, she was losing her marbles too, but uh, she would talk about him visiting yep. her and like, I think it's true. I think he did. Oh, absolutely. I feel like I just saw this on TikTok like the other day. I'm like, if it's on TikTok, it has to be true. But like, <laughs> right. I feel like any anyone who works in like uh, elder care or like nursing homes, like it's they, the timeline they, they gave was like a month before they pass, maybe a little bit longer mm. is when they start to see different relatives come in and like they're, they're not scared by them. They're just like visiting. And cause it happened with my grandmother too. It's like all the people that have sort of passed away. She would like tell my parents like, Oh, and like her, that her sister came by and, and she, mm-hmm. and then shortly after she passed away, it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and very peaceful as well. And I think that's part of this is like, it, to believe in this is to think that okay, that I'm going through the grief, but they're going through something very gentle and something very warm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, when when people die, it's like okay, you know, uh, it's a painful experience for the living, but it's you know, and obviously for some people, it's not a good way to go. Mm-hmm. But like, there's something comforting in knowing, you know, 
my dog is on the other side with my grandfather, you know, eating Biljacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's a Biljack? <laughs> it's like a dog treat. Okay, I was like, I was... <laughs> Mickey loved him. Bill... You want a Biljack? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, uh, this, I think, I mean, I definitely cried during the scene the first time I watched it. I oh, was, it's beautiful. I was like, oh. It's so and, heart-wrenching. And, uh, Stephen Steve Harris is just bringing the fucking rag out uh, as Omar. It's it's great. Yeah. Oh, we go back to that stupid locker room. George is panicking, you know, and and this is it. You know, you're right. It's just so the Yang with the leg narrative, you know, because George is doing that kind of classic Grey's Anatomy derpy monologue, like you know, telling Derek, oh, you've had a full life with the with good hair, like you've had experiences, you've lived, you could die today, and everything could be fine. Like I haven't lived. Um, and that's when he tells Derek about Callie telling him that she loved him and how he didn't tell her back. Yeah. It's like, I almost wish this was like in an elevator. I wish they were trapped Mm. somewhere where they were forced to just like sit in like, they're in two different plays right now. You know what I mean? Like George is the the neurotic sort of nerdy guy and Derek is just like, cool it. Like why? Like, I'm not going to touch your forehead. Like get away from me. It almost seems like he's not a doctor at the moment. It, they're two pedestrians. Mm-hmm. And it's, right. again, I just, we've already talked about it enough too, that they just, it's not a match. Um, but yeah. And he yeah. says, I will love you soonish. Oh yeah. yeah right. That's right. Cause Derek makes fun of him. He's like, Oh yeah. Cause he says, you know, eventually I'd love her. He's like, Oh, I'll love you soonish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that prompts George to ask Derek, "Could you ever tell Meredith? Have you ever, have you ever told Meredith that you love her?" Mm-hmm. And does he? I'm like, what's the answer? I can't remember. I guess not. Oh no, well, because he, yeah, he does later. Sorry, yeah, he will. Right. Yeah, which I I don't have a clip of, but uh, that's because I was just I I was liquid form watching oh it. God, I couldn't possibly I record it. It's so good. Um, well, Derek tells George that he needs to tell Callie he loves her before it's too late. Uh, not so much the plague happening, but before somebody else comes in. Not that we could die from the plague, but somebody else could snatch her. Yeah, away. right. I just love that. Like, let's just focus on like let's focus on one thing at a time, Derek. Yeah, cool it. So back in the kitchen, Meredith comes back in, and Callie and Finn are talking. And I love this line from Callie. She's like, "I'm going to leave the room for a period of time for no reason whatsoever." Ugh, kind of works. I just way love out. that. I, I thought Ugh. she was so she's so cool so cool so charming mm-hmm. so then finn i mean you know there's kind of a, oh so what happened last night and i feel like finn kind of throws meredith a curveball and it's like hey we were never exclusive so that's all i'm really here to say is that we are not exclusive so if you're with derek that doesn't that's okay uh but you know finn is kind of doing his own pick me, choose me, love me with Meredith. Yeah. You know, saying that like, you know, Derek is, he's not good. And he says like me, I'm a good thing. So if there's, if there's a race, my hat is in, is this a red flag as well? I know. If somebody says that it, right. It almost felt again, it's setting is everything. I felt like so much took place in the kitchen. I would rather see them on the front porch, like him not sure mm. what, whether to come in or not, but he has something to get off his chest. He might be pacing around a little bit. And uh, for him to like acknowledge that because he practically, he like has like dinner with Callie and they're just like right. chilling. I'm like, this doesn't add up. Like, even though Callie's charming, I would have dinner with her too. Like I, yeah, it just seemed like he, he shouldn't have stayed in the house that long, but you're right. It just like, it's the whole, like, I think you think 
I know you think you're scary and damaged and you feel like you don't deserve nice things, but you do. It's it it seemed like such a cliche. But like it does make sense that like maybe it had to happen in the kitchen because that's also where Derek comes in like five minutes later mm-hmm. and says basically the same speech to her. Oh, that's totally it. Yeah. It's like she's she's having these confrontations in the same space uh, on the same day. But I, you know, there is something about, like, Finn saying, like, me, I'm a good thing. It sounds like somebody saying, you know, I'm a nice guy. Like, ooh, when somebody says I'm a nice guy, or it's like when someone says I'm really easygoing. You know what? They're not easygoing. Oh, yeah. It's like when someone says I'm not I'm not into drama. Oh, they can't get enough yeah. of it. Go, go, gadget drama. Like, no. So I, I just feel like when, when people declare things that you should be determining on your own, like there's this, <clears throat> there's this person who just joined this company where I'm consulting, and the team that she's working with is having like a little bit of time with her, with her like people management, and like at one point she said to someone on the team, she's like, I'm very approachable. And it's like, but you're not, and I should be the one to determine that, right? Like, yeah. you shouldn't. You don't tell. Like, you don't tell people you're approachable. Yeah, you have to just be it. You know. Yes, um, I think there's like a flip side to that too. It's like when people say like, "Ugh, I'm trying to think of like a really good example." It's like when someone tells you who who they are, believe them. Like if they say like, "I'm mm-hmm. so impatient," like they're impatient. They're telling you that. But when it's like, you're right. When it's this, it's like. Show me that. Don't tell me that. Right. I I just think that that's it. It's like these are things that should be coming through in your actions. And it's making Finn seem a little like like I kind of a George in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I'd be interested to like rewrite his little monologue there and say, you know, like, I don't know what's going on with him, but I'm I'm still here. And. I don't know what that look. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like for him. Hmm. I feel like if I I would never, I would never be a choice. You know what I mean? I'd never want to be like. Well, let me know if you choose. Yeah. Me. You know what I mean? Especially if things aren't going oh. well already. If you already know that he that she is potentially <laughs> has chosen him. Right. Right. It's oh, it's just too much drama. The but. Drama. When I was 25, maybe it was different. Yeah. Um, but now I'm more of an Adele. That's right. You know? Now I'm I'm more of a... I'm done waiting. She spent her you know, whole life we're, waiting. She spent her whole life... And this, I think, is really interesting, and I almost wish we got more of this, and we probably do throughout the show, but Adele being Richard's wife, through all the years being, a you know, the chief, you know, of, of the hospital's wife, all the hours she doesn't see him, all the times he has to work overtime, all the times, like... How can she tell him, like, no, you can't go, you know, to handle that medical emergency. I want to go out to dinner, you yeah. know? Like, she – I get it. Like, I totally get what she's saying. Is like, I just don't want to be a doctor's wife anymore or this doctor's wife anymore, mm-hmm. maybe, you know? Yeah, it's an impossible situation. And, and does it happen there or was it, is it later when – or is this the actual scene? When she, when she walks yeah, away? Yeah, is this when she's in that yellow mm-hmm. coat? Oh no! That it's a brief moment towards the end where we're shimmying our way okay, there. Okay, got it. Um, so not yet. This is just the scene in the in in his office when it ends with her telling Richard it's time to retire. Oh, that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. pre yellow jacket. Yeah, pre yellow jacket. Uh, meanwhile, Addison loved this scene. Addison is with the two girls left, you know, <laughs> yeah. looking at the baby, 
and it's really just this standoff where you know she's basically like he's dying and it's your fault and you did do something wrong you know and it will come out and it's she is trying to not rip their fucking heads mm-hmm. off i can't get enough of her yeah Ugh. it's it's like uh, she need cuz there's no more like pissing around like you someone needs to tell me there are two of you and one of you is the mother mm-hmm. of this child like right we'll find out like we, you know let, let's not but the baby will be dead by then yes you know? oh my god that line jesus yeah and shannon starts to break not the glasses one but the mm-hmm. other one but she you know and she breaks and says please don't tell my mom oh addison gives her this hug oh and you can and she's and she just says thank you thank you for telling the truth and there's like some tears in her voice it's you know i think it's like compared to like you know the emotions like the emotions in general that people experience in Grey's Anatomy I think the restraint is almost more powerful sometimes like the fact that Addison doesn't get a big crying moment yeah she doesn't get like she's not crying in the stairwell it's like she gets to work it out through this plot that's been handed yeah yeah I thought that was it was you know well played uh Finally, George and Derek are freed from the locker room. George runs out with a new lease on life. Uh, we do go back to Karev and Addison. You know, I think they're are they doing surgery on this baby. I think they're doing surgery on this baby now. And you know, Addison is kind of saying, you know, she's wondering what kind of childhood the baby will have, given you know how things have started. And Karev explains, and this is one of those Grey's Anatomy moments where what is he really talking yeah. about when he says, you know. It's possible to get over it. You just have to survive, you know? And it's like, oh, take that home with you, Addison. Back to your trailer. Oh, the trailer. It's a great trailer. Oh, it's a beautiful trailer. It's got a washing machine, for God's (laughs) sake. I'd like to see the toilet in that thing. Oh, I'm sure it's great. There's maybe two toilets. I bet it flushes. Oh, my God. He's got a bidet attachment. Oh, my God. He's got a Japanese toilet that sings to you. Yeah. Uh, we're back at the house, which hopefully has more than one toilet, given the situation upstairs. <laughs> Callie runs and hugs George and tells him she loves him and and how worried she was about him. And much to Derek's disappointment, George just kisses her, but doesn't say, I love you. Yeah, George. <laughs> it's like... I know. Uh, she had to get off the pot here. It's like... Right? And then he like looks over at like Derek... And Derek's just like, you're an idiot. Yeah, he's like, meh, he doesn't meh, care. Meh, meh. Yeah, He's still eating that apple. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's just the like pit. chewing on the core. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get the meat off of this thing. <laughs> uh, did you know that if you eat an apple the other direction, you can eat the whole thing? What do you mean the other direction? Like from the top down. I know someone. I, and I, I, I don't want to talk out of turn here. I got an apple in the fridge. I might test this with later. Okay. But I know someone who like ate the whole apple and like the technique was like oh yeah you don't don't eat around the sides like like basically like to rip the, the little stem uh-huh. off and then work your way down oh i mean i could see that so with the seeds i mean there aren't too many seeds i guess you get the it. seeds yeah. out of there i still think the core is too hard i'm not buying it yeah i don't know I, let um, us know let us know. Apple, Apple, best supporting Apple That's eaters. Right. BSA. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? BSAE. Uh, so uh, this is, and I do want to just note, for some reason I know this, this is like a trivia piece. I feel like this must be like a Meredith and Derek theme. This is not the sad rock that kicks in later. This is um, just the kind of incidental graze music, but it's the same music that plays 
during the pick me, choose me, love me. Oh, good catch. Yeah. Which I think is appropriate because that's basically what's happening here is Derek telling Meredith that she's got a choice to make. And, uh, but he doesn't want her to rush and, um, you know, take your time. And I, I mean, I'm just like Alex Mack on the floor. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, Derek, anything you want, anything you want, baby. Oh, yeah. The way he, I can't remember the line. He says, like, I'm I'm in love with you and I have been forever or something like that. But yeah. like the way that he pauses and the way that he smiles. Oh, my God. It's so good. And then he just leaves. He's going to let her think about it. And then he leaves. This is where we get some great Grey's Anatomy sad rock kicking in. I believe this song is called All I Need by Matt Kearney. Got it. And uh, it's this is a good one. It's got some it big, good. sad piano. Yeah, big, clangy, sad, hollow piano sounds that I live for. We get this one shot of Bailey. I don't know where, if she's still sitting out outside of Omar's room, but she's just sitting on the floor, pile of laundry style. You can see her pocketbook. Ugh. It's so sad. It's just one shot of her. We don't even get much more. Yeah, we don't get anything else with her. This is yellow jacket time for Adele. Yes, and uh, she's got no more time for him, and she walks out of the hospital. Ugh. Bye. And then Addison. uh, It's so funny because this moment just doesn't go with the music at all. This is such a like kind of moment. (laughs) Is her pinning the panties on the lost and found it's wall. so good though but also like that's i was like do you still need to do this but also because it just didn't like i thought it's a classic almost like uh, like a switch like a like that you know she's gonna do something with i thought she was gonna like walk up to like meredith in the middle of the hospital and be like forget something and i forgot that she did this and i was like you cheated on him too but also it's complicated it's complicated. It's high school with scalpels, Ugh. you know. Now, you know, you think that like, okay, we've we've gotten everybody's kind of gotten the chance to act, and then you think, but wait a minute, what about Christina? Mm. What about Yang? What's Yang gonna do? And in the eleventh hour, Sandra O oh is like, oh no, this is my episode. Let me just take this from all of you. So she goes to see Burke. Burke was shot in season two. And then that led to the, you know, the hand tremor. Mm-hmm. And then he called TR night a faggot and it all went down home yeah. from there. And he's, you know, he's in the hospital and, and she comes in to see him and, you know, uh, she's, oh, you know, sit and shiva, whatnot for Denny. And then I have the audio clip and we'll just listen to this little moment mm-hmm. here. Uh, how are you? How are you? Don't ever die. I mean, the Carl the Giant voice. <laughs> I'm living. Don't ever die. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever yeah. die. I love that. It's it's ah. so. Um, She's such a great, she's such an amazing actress, which we all know, of course, but like, it, it's the most believable crying on the show, maybe besides Izzy in this episode too. Um, Cause even with Addison, even when she comes out of the rain, it seems like all those tears kind of dried up a little bit and it kind of took me out of the moment just a smidge. Right. Um, with that being yeah. said, Kate Walsh, Walsh, excuse me, is a, is a goddess. I love her. But yeah, there is just like so much of this that I was like, 
And then he says, I'll try my, I'll do my best not to die. Yeah. Oh. And those green sheets, I, just, I want, like, how come he gets the green sheets, you know? I know. Yeah. But, oh, I just, I, I, I did not see this moment coming at all because it, it's so, you just don't see it coming at all that she just, oh, she just breaks and just, it's such a great type of crying of just like, just a heave, a few yep. heaves, you know, and when it's just like, oh, I can't even talk. And uh, yeah, I mean, so her and yeah, don't ever die is very <laughs> similar to like. Uh, when Ellen Pompeo wants a wants an Emmy, she'll she'll do the same voice modulation. And there's this. I think I sent you the clip when she's having the fight with her mother, and that's why I'm so ordinary. Yes. Um, it's oh, it's one of my favorites. So yeah, I uh, I think Don't Ever Die is going to stay on the soundboard. Yes. Oh please. Oh, I just maybe we'll just listen to that part one more time. Hold on. <laughs> Don't ever die. Don't ever die. Don't ever die. So good. I love it. I love it. Uh, And then in the last scene, Izzy finally stands up with Meredith's help from the bathroom floor. And uh, Meredith, you know, just before it ends, you know, Meredith is helping her out of the prom dress. And I love how reminiscent this is of when she later helps Christina out of her wedding dress. Before we even knew it. Yeah. Right, and I think that may be one of our episodes later this. this oh, I month. love that! I love that through line. I also love this moment. Yeah. It's a very quick moment. They flash back to Izzy at the mixer, and she's so. She says, "Isn't this so cool? Tomorrow we're going to be surgeons, and just to have that, like, come right mm. before this, like, just the you know the possibility and how excited she was, and to this moment, it's um, yeah, it's impossible to know what life has. Yeah, in store right. For you. And- now she's quit the program and her fiance's dead and she's, you know, uh, on a bathroom floor in the prom dress. So, but she's up, you know, and I have to say she's, she's got some joy ahead of her because whatever Callie was cooking, the, the flavors have settled in for a few hours. Oh yeah. I don't know. I bet there's, there seems to be some salsa verde in there. I'm always yeah, I don't know what salsa verde, <laughs> right? Yes. It looked like a curry, oh. even though I know it's not like it's, it was like a, mm. a golden yellow or something. I can't remember. Yeah. It looks oh, delicious. so good. And that is the episode. A great episode. Great choice. Great. Yeah. This was a really good one. I, and I have to say like, you know, roses to everybody, but I think, you know, I got it. Uh, one more special nod to Kate Walsh. Yeah, Kate Walsh. I mean, even send some flowers over to Callie. I, I was happy to see her. Of course. I don't know if she's going to be in another episode we cover, maybe. Um, I but think yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, that next week, it's it'll be a surprise. It may be the one we have planned. It may be a different one, but it will be from these early days. I'm And I'm sure. I know someone wrote, you know, one of our listeners wrote in about, like, the finale of season six and i'm like oh that's after my time but apparently sandra O oh knocks it out of the park in that episode yes. so i may just jump ahead and see that but uh before we you know clock out for the day you know we still have our bsa of the that's week right you know? oh my goodness uh, and for anyone who doesn't know bsa of the week is when we queen out on a food a song a performance a thing anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week what do you got Oh my gosh, I have so many things and I, I don't even let me just take a quick look at my list here. I'm Okay, I think I have my BSA of the weekend, but I have two nominees. So, um I'm going to I'll try to breeze through them. The first thing, 
Um, I have been wanting to get back into like reading, like a really consistent like reading schedule. Like I have, you know, I it's like there are people who read books and there are people who buy books and I'm in the latter half of that. Like I just love going to a bookstore mm-hmm. and buying a book and they look great. And I, I have been reading um, that book. Uh, what is it? Uh, Less by uh, Andrew Sean Greer. It, it like won the Pulitzer Prize. It's about like a gay man aging in his like 50s and he takes like Ooh. this like sort of like trip around the world. It's great. Um, and I... Although it is a gorgeous book, like it's like it's beautifully written. I just could not, I was not excited to pick it up, and I hate that because. But I just wasn't connecting with it, so I kind of set it aside. And I think I bought this book. I think I made. <laughs> I made. I think I asked Keon to buy me it for. It was like a random like birthday gift, and we were at a bookstore, and it's called Song of Achilles. Achilles. Have you heard of that book? I feel like. It was on like everyone's it actually came out like ten years ago. But if you if you know the cover, it has like that gold helmet. It sounds familiar. Um Yeah. And it's a gay book, Colin, but it's like very much like a oh. sort of like friendship of Achilles and this other dude. Um of like they're kind of like uh, like around sixteen to eighteen years old, and it is so good I cannot recommend it enough. It is just like exactly what I needed, a sort of like catalyst to get back into reading. And um, I'm really excited. I'm about like, and I I read it like at the airport and I felt like so cool reading a book at the airport, you know. Mm, Um, So Song of Achilles is uh, bringing me a lot of joy and I'm excited to get back into reading. Well, that I I think that's great. And I, I just feel like whenever I like, especially like reading before bed, I'm like, why don't I do this more? I slept so well. Yes. Like there is, it is not good to just like watch things before. I know bed. it's hard. It's just not good. Yeah. Um. You know, it's funny. There was like something else that I pronounced or I, I, I said, cause like, what is the proper pronunciation pronunciation? Like Achilles, but I said Achilles. It was very Pittsburgh of me. Oh, I just, I assumed it was like, well, maybe. No, it's definitely Achilles. <laughs> but I was like, Achilles. Um, and I can't remember what else I said this episode that I was like, ugh, gross. But, um, you know, I'll think about it next week. As I'm editing it, if anything, it's turns not, my it's not stomach. egregious, but it, it's so Pittsburgh. Sometimes it comes out. Um, I love it. So I have another quick nominee, unless you, you have some nominees of your own. What do you got? I just have my BSA of the week, so okay, go for great. it. Um, uh, so I went to Toronto this past weekend, Toronto, um, Toronto, and it was lovely. We ate so like so much delicious food. I was just it was an embarrassment of riches. And the first night we got there, we went to this restaurant called Ascari, and it was an Italian restaurant. Uh, I posted it on my Instagram. If you want to look at the like the gorgeous carbonara that we that I ordered, I was just so excited and. We ordered like these zucchini like frites. They were like little fries, and like they were so like they were like actual French fries. Like it, I don't know how to describe it. That it was like in an in like a tempura batter, and it came with like this mm-hmm. gorgeous some sort of like green basil dip. And uh, but the star of the show was the focaccia. I have never tasted the focaccia like this. It was so simple. And so, like, this is not, like, the most appetizing word, but, like, yeasty. I don't know how else to, like, describe mm-hmm. it. And it was, you know, it came with some butter. And it was it was the perfect meal. And we also had a great wine as well. It was just, like, the perfect way to kick off the weekend. So, Ascari, if you're in Toronto, get over there and get that focaccia. 
Oh, well, that sounds yeah. lovely. And I can say I've seen the carbonara, and it is gorgeous. Yeah, I saw, I saw the, the tights, the and they were ripped. I, I saw the yolk, and it was not broken. <laughs> yes, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so those are my nominees, and uh, I'll save my BSA a week. Uh, how about you? Your turn. Yeah, I'll say, so my BSA of the week is, uh, it is a, a show on Hulu that I blew through called The Bear. Oh, yeah. the, the Bear. Bear. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, in like two days, like I Whoa. couldn't stop watching. It's like eight episodes and they're all like between like 20 and 40 okay. minutes. So like not huge commitments. Uh, and it's all about this, uh, this guy who inherits his dead brother's restaurant in chicago and he goes from being like a you know food and wine chef of the year big you know fancy new york chef you know back to working in this like greasy like a, you know italian beef sandwich uh kitchen and you know with with people he used to work with his brother and, and his like really insane cousin and then there's this new chef sydney who starts as well and she's kind of the the other main character in a way but it's really just i mean about them trying to clean up the mess of what his brother who had committed suicide left behind in so many ways and and kind of the interpersonal stresses of working in this kitchen together and just the fucking intensity of working in a kitchen i mean i worked in a kitchen at wegman's because i worked in the prepared food section and i was definitely in a kitchen and it was intense and it was really nuts and i don't like it uh i liked elements of it but i don't like chef culture i don't like all the yelling i don't like the there's such a formal like yes chef and there's like lots of terms and lots of like and they do all of that in this show and it's almost too precious but i'm obsessed because it's so not precious it's so real it's so um genuine and it's so fucking good i'm i'm obsessed with it oh i cannot recommend the bear enough it is so well written so well directed so well acted the women in it are great. Uh, I think in terms of who you would know, Abby Elliott plays his sister. Oh, cool. In sort of a supporting role. Uh, Oliver Platt plays their uncle. He's great. Love Oliver. But um, everyone's it, – it, it's so good. So – and it's like there is a strong masculine energy to the show, but like not in a way that puts me off. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think part of that is because the other character of Sydney, she is like – more of she's so much calmer and so much more reasonable and so you kind of like have a you have someone you can immediately connect with and feel like okay you're human you know uh but she's also like oh it, i can't even it's just so good Great. so uh the highest recommend and i to you as well uh you get sucked in right away and one of the episodes is basically an 18 minute single take you love a single take i fucking love a single take <laughs> So um, it's kind of stressful, but in an enjoyable way. I, I get that. I get that vibe. I, I've heard about it, and I, but I, this is the most I'm hearing about it. So I, I will not say I'm going to put it on the list because we all know what happens when I say I'll put it on the mm, list. But I'm, I'm glad that this is being made known, and I, I'll consider uh, watching it because I do need something to watch. I'm kind of in a weird rut of like TV. Yeah. I think this would be – I know what you mean, and I feel like this what – I, what I was glad about watching this was that I did not just descend to, like, I'll just watch some Housewives I've seen before. Yes. You know, like, let me let me stimulate my brain a little bit. Let me get in, in, invested in some new narratives. And so 
I was glad I did this. And the next thing I'm going to get into is the new League of Their Own series. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of Abby. Yeah, yeah. So And, and so maybe that would be something else to, you know, even maybe talk about on this show. Who knows? Oh, yeah, I feel like there's some League of Their Own episodes. I, I've just heard it's so gay, and mm. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Um, it, I feel like The Bear might be a good um, a Keon and Nick show to watch, like something. Oh, yes. Because we keep, like, we're finishing up Only Murders in the Building, which is so good. Um, we saw Jackie Hoffman. Speaking of Jackie Hoffman, yeah. we saw her in Canada, and she was eating at not at, at Ascari, but a different restaurant. And Keon spotted her first, and um, he was like, "I think there's like an older actress upstairs." And I just whizzed right back up the stairs and yeah. pretended like I was calling someone on the street. And I walked by, and she was sitting in the booth, and she looked at me for a second, and I looked away, and I ran away giggling. It was so cool. Wow. And then I heard her talking about being in Toronto on a podcast two days later. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There we go. I know that was that was great detective work there. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So I think actually that's the the perfect idea. You and Keon should watch this. I think you guys would both really like it. He'll keep me accountable. Well, great. Mm. Uh, My BSA of the week was your former BSA of the week, or at least one of your mentions. It is the Housewives Archives podcast. Mm. I... I feel like it was written, <laughs> written. I feel like it was made for, like, in some ways just for me, in some ways for both of us. Like, mm-hmm. they hit, there is no stone unturned, and they are just getting, making all the references that we reference, all the things that we pay attention to or I pay attention to that I, I'm just, I can't get enough. Um, I've listened to the, <laughs> the first one I listened to was the Ramona episode. Uh-huh. Um, I listened to... Uh, blame it on the alcohol. It's all of like the best alcohol, like sort oh, of alcohol driven yeah. scenes of mainly. Yeah, they, I think it's all New York. A lot of it is very New York based, which, you know, is kind of my only forte at this point. Um, I did not listen to the Kim Richards episode, surprisingly, yet. Um, and I'm in the middle of I listened to the Alex McCord episode, which was so good. And um, now I'm listening to the Kelly Kalorn Benson. Oh, episode today. I can't I, wait to get into that one such a high recommend i yeah. i mean obviously you've listened to a couple episodes but um they are doing the lord's work over there and it, it's so charming and and i love that they're from the uk and um I, they have such great chemistry i i love them yeah i i'm really happy i found them they i started listening to the jill and bethany episode this morning oh yes and i just Colin. I, yeah i didn't get too far into it but i loved like everything from the start especially they like broke down how to do the jill voice in the beginning, yes. like she goes, I, I'm not gonna be able to do it, but it's like he, you have to like compress your diaphragm, but you also have to go nasal. Like they explain, like I was like, yes, you have to go in like different directions to get Jill's hi, kind of like you got to go up and down at the same time. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not doing it, but they that did it episode very well. specifically is so good. I forgot to mention that one. Like the way that they 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 break down the scene of like Bethany when um, Jill and Bethany have that. Uh, I guess like fight and Bethany's like on the street and she's just like roaming the street and, uh-huh. she's, and like Jill's like I don't want to ever like see you again or whatever it is Ugh, it's it, so good it's so good I can't wait yeah it, it, it's a great listen a high recommend um, you know for anybody looking for another podcast yes know, in addition to the best supporting podcast not like That's in replacement right. no, please I well that so your BSA of the week. Oh well, then I I think I think some sad indie rock might be playing us off if if we've done our BSAs of the week. 
Uh, I guess it's that time. I think it is that time. I think we gotta we gotta check out of this place. Uh, but before we do, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, and you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you could find me on my other podcasts, All Right, Mary, uh, currently do, covering a lot of stuff on Patreon, but there's previews of all of that currently, a lot of international drag race seasons uh, for the summer, and then uh, in the details, a celebration of nuance, which now that we have our Riverside soundboard, I'm feeling rejuvenated. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? I could put Brenda Vaccaro in here and oh my God. play her all goddamn day. Uh, I think this is what was missing. But anyway, uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore and you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSAPod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And, you know, keep those peepers peeled, including on the main feed, because you'll get a little special preview of it this week. But the full episode, the full recap of Season 1, Episode 2 of Smash will be out on Patreon this week. So if you want to join us for our recapping of this disaster piece from NBC, uh, just join us at patreon.com slash Pod. It's a great episode. It's the callback, Colin. And it's a great Leo scene. The Leo scene. The Leo scene. There may be a script we'll be reading from. There may be a... (laughs) Yes. Interpretive reading. Yes. Yes. I may have been working on my Leo earlier. I don't know. (laughs) And that, as they say, is that. I'm holding on to you, holding on to me. Maybe it's all we got, but it's all I've got.